This morning, I have the pleasure to introduce you our speaker. This, his name is uh, Robert Wilson. Uh, he's a professional counselor who is uh, shortly going to begin uh, doing some counseling out of the church here. Is it is it this Wednesday you're going to begin? Okay, so a week from Wednesday, he's actually going to be uh, offering his services uh, out of our building here. Uh, Mr. Williams um, Wilson is from uh, Leeds, England, born in Leeds, England, and now he lives in Providence. He's been a mental health professional for several years, uh, helping others overcome personal obstacles. He's had a successful practice with individuals as well as with families. He's worked with both young and old. Um, he's been, or I'm sure if you still are, chaplain in North Dighton. I was out, that's in the past. He was chaplain of the North Dighton Police and Fire Department, where he also counseled the selectmen in Dighton. He's taught a Bible study at the Salvation Army, Salvation Army where he counseled people addicted to drugs and alcohol. He's also served as a counselor at Butler Hospital. So he has a long history of uh, working, counseling people with all sorts of issues, family issues, individuals, drugs, whatever. He has his uh, BA from Zion Bible College in 2009. And in 2015, he completed an MA in Biblical Counseling from Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. So help me to, this morning to make him feel welcome, Mr. Robert Wilson. Thank you. I don't need that, right? Um, it's okay for now. Yeah. Hi. Good morning. It's good to be here. I, um, I just want to thank... Pastor Ed and the leadership for this opportunity. It's true, I've um, helped a lot of people with problems, but before I started helping people with their own problems, I had to be helped with mine. That's actually where it starts. You can't help anyone unless you've been there yourself. Experience is more important than the textbook. I'm going to talk about something today. Um, I'm going to talk about war, weapons, and winning. And the text I'm using is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 to 6. I had some water in Pastor Ed's office. Can I grab it or can I grab it? Thank you. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 6. <clears throat> Thank you. Now, I, Paul, myself, heard you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I am meek when face to face with you, but bold towards you when absent. I ask then, when I am present, I need not be held with the confidence with which I propose to be courageous against some who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare 
are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. <clears throat> and we are ready to punish all disobedience whether your obedience, whenever your obedience is complete. I want to pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord God. I praise your holy name. I pray, Lord, that you would just um, give me the wisdom, Lord God, and the grace to be able to uh, speak your word, Lord. I please pray that you would open up spirits, open up minds, Lord God, to be able to receive. Bring receptivity today, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that there will be seeds planted, Lord God, seeds of transformation and change and better thinking and functioning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. As I said, once again, thank you for the opportunity. So I'm going to talk about three things. Three things. I'm going to talk about war, weapons, and winning. In this passage of text that we're, we're reading, what's going on here is that Paul is being attacked. <clears throat> well, actually, the gospel is being attacked. And Paul is being attacked in a very carnal way. They're saying to Paul, so Paul has written 1 Corinthians. And Paul is being attacked for all his rebukes in 1 Corinthians, all of the sin that's going on in, in this church. There is communion where people are getting drunk. There's uh, uh, somebody who's in an incestuous relationship with his stepmother. And it's all being condoned as boasting about the uh, spiritual gifts. And these false teachers have come into the church. And uh, what they're essentially doing is they're trying to undermine Paul. I mean, everybody knows once you undermine the messenger, you undermine the message, right? And this is what they are trying to do with Paul, saying, oh, look, he's, he's tough when he's far away, but he's so weak when he comes here. And Paul is actually saying, Paul is not saying, oh, yeah, uh, well, they're bad, they're jerks, they're this, they're that. Paul is not actually saying that. Paul is saying, though, there's a war. And look where he says now. He says, um, for the weapons of our warfare. So we're in a war. There is a war going on. But this war is a spiritual war. We are in a spiritual battle. Anytime you stand for the truth, you will be warred against. It's almost like putting troops, deploying troops over to Iraq. Those troops are going to be warred against, right? You're in the heat of the battle. You are in a war. But Paul is actually saying, no, right? He is not saying that this is a war to... Um, to actually fight with fleshly weapons, with carnal weapons, right? Paul is saying that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but divine. So what are the weapons that are fired at us? 
The biggest weapons of mass destruction are not bombs. They're beliefs. They're erroneous beliefs. Because bombs and any other form of destruction starts from beliefs. You've got to have somebody that believes something erroneously to do something destructively. And so it all starts from our thoughts, from what we believe. And this is what Paul is saying. These people in this church now, they are trying to undermine Paul's message. No, don't believe that. No, that is not true. They are trying to dilute this message. And Paul is not, Paul is not really defending himself. He's defending the gospel here, right? He is defending the gospel. Paul even did that almost on his valedictorian speech in 2 Timothy, where he said, I fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. When he says kept there, I've defended it. He's not talking about his own personal faith. He's talking about the gospel, right? There's a war against this gospel. We don't, we don't think that we're in a war because we are walking by the flesh. If something carnal doesn't, doesn't bother us, we feel that we're okay. But there's a deeper war that's raging. And this is what Paul is trying to alert these Corinthians to. These people who are saying all of this are in this war and they're being used as tools of the enemy. And so what, do, what does thinking do? Thinking actually determines functioning, right? Thinking determines functioning. If you have bad thinking, you are going to have bad functioning. Whatever you believe determines how you behave, right? It determines how you behave. So what these people are actually trying to do, they are trying to get this church to behave something that's less than the gospel. And if there's something that's less than the gospel, we are not using effective weapons, right? We are not using effective weapons if we are trying to fight with something that is not divine. I love what Paul says here. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for destruction of fortresses. You know, I see people with erroneous thinking, depression, eating problems, pornography problems, all of these things. And why these addictions? These addictions are being used erroneously by these people to mitigate some erroneous thinking. They are being used to try to solve a problem. The only way to solve a problem is with the truth of the gospel, right? The only way to solve this problem is with the truth of the gospel. You have to fight fire with fire. You cannot fight a spiritual problem with physical weapons. And that's what pornography is. That's what alcohol is. That's what drugs do. They don't fight. They don't, they don't win. They exacerbate the problem. So... And, and 
Look next what Paul says. Sorry. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. What are speculations? They are beliefs. It are beliefs that are raised up against the knowledge of God. The weapons of our warfare are the truth, truthful thoughts, truthful beliefs to be able to destroy erroneous speculations, beliefs. Someone will get a thought, for example, um, you're not good enough. And what will happen? They'll entertain that thought. Then it becomes two times around their mind, then three times, four times, until it becomes a way of thinking. That's a speculation that's raised up against the knowledge of God. Of course, it must be raised up against the knowledge of God if God's word says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and now you are entertaining and believing a thought now that says that you're not. That's an example of a speculation that's being raised up against the knowledge of God. So what Paul is actually saying, what we are warring against are beliefs. The stronghold is our mind. If somebody controls your mind, they control your life. And this is what the enemy is trying to control. He's not trying to control your money. He's not trying to control your education. He's not trying to control your spouse. He's trying to control your mind. That way he controls everything. If somebody controls what you believe, they control what you behave. And so the only way to win this war is with the truth of the gospel. And so what does the truth do? The truth actually challenges what we believe. I want to show something. I use this board here. This is a bit of like practical theology. So I want to do some ABCs here. Right. So A, B, C. So there's A, B, C here, right? Where A is the activator. B is the belief. And C is the consequence. So A is what activates the thought. So, for example, that thought that I was just talking about, oh, no, you're not good enough. No, you, you can't do this. No, you're not able, right? That's the activating thought. Of course, belief now, wow, I'm, I'm really not able. I am not able to do this. Consequence, you probably won't even try. That's just an example now of your mind limiting your life. Or, hey, oh, wow, um, you know, you're depressed. Uh, why don't you get drunk, take it away, right? That's the belief. Consequence, you're just going to be more depressed. You're just going to exacerbate the problem. And so what do we have to do? The activator here always remains the same. You will get thoughts into your mind, right? Thoughts come into our mind all the time. No, you can't do this. No, you should be afraid of that. No, you're not able to. No, you'll never get that job. No, that person won't like you, right? Here's what we have to do. We have to challenge those beliefs. 
these activators will always be there. If somebody was an alcoholic, there's always going to be access to alcohol. So that activator is always going to be in place. What you have to change is the belief about it. That instead now of alcohol helping you, it hurts you. Instead of alcohol taking away your problems now, it just exacerbates your problems. For example, now, I can't do it. Well, the belief now needs to change. Well, why can't I do it? I shouldn't entertain that. And if you think about it, we entertain thoughts all the time that are not logical. They come into our mind once, twice, three times, and then they become a thinking pattern. The power that the enemy has got in this war is the power of broadcast. The Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air, meaning he has broadcast rights. He is able to broadcast thoughts out all over the place and see what sticks. When you hear of somebody doing a shooting in a school or something else tragic, that's a thought that has stuck in someone's mind from the enemy that's manifested in behavior. It's only come from that place. So when Adam was divested himself of the dominion of the earth and was given to Satan, Satan now has the broadcast rights to broadcast whatever thought he wants into the air like a big, humongous radio station. And I know most people in here, if a crazy thought to do something evil comes into your mind, you will just discard it. Oh, that's nonsense. But not everybody will. And we see that by the behavior. Anytime you see behavior, it's come from a belief. Right? It's come from a belief. We saw something in New Zealand a couple of weeks ago. Hello? Yeah, so we saw something in New Zealand several weeks ago, right? That started with a thought, uh, a thought that was not taken care of, a thought that was not defended. Anytime a negative thought comes into your mind, understand one thing. Once you entertain it once, it's going to come back twice and three times and four times. You have got to take it captive. And when Paul is talking about taking it captive, the context he is actually using, he's using the context of an army. When they win a war, what they actually do is they take prisoners captive. They take them out of the battle. So now these prisoners cannot be used by the enemy anymore. And that's what Paul is talking about, these thoughts so you shouldn't entertain negative thoughts. You have to be intentional. It's a word I use a lot in therapy. Being intentional. You cannot be passive to whatever is in your mind. Junk thoughts will cause junk behavior. Really. They will cause junk behavior. You have to be selective what you allow in your mind. And most of the time it starts very subtle. In a very subtle way. Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? Once it's in your mind, two times, three times, four times, you're doing that. Right? You're doing that. 
We hear all of the time of people that, oh, that guy was, used to be on fire for the Lord. He used to be on fire for God. And now he's doing all different kinds of stuff. Shooting up heroin and all stuff, right? That is somebody that didn't take a thought captive. If somebody is saying, well, my marriage used to be just so vibrant, but now it's not. Well, you have to check your mind. What changed? It all came from thinking. I say this because we do have to be sober. We have to be vigilant if we are going to win. We're in a war. We have weapons. Weapons are used against us. Because these thoughts, don't forget these thoughts are our weapons. The truth can also be used against us, which is the error, which is the lie. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What does it set you free from? It sets you free from error, right? It sets you free from error. Counseling is all about challenging thinking. That's every problem that somebody has got is from the mind. If somebody is depressed, it means that they've got sad thoughts. If somebody is manic, they've got these really hyper thoughts. If somebody is psychotic, they've got these unrealistic thoughts. The CIA is after me. You know, really, these are all, every single illness is about the way that somebody is thinking. If somebody is SI, they've got suicidal ideation, they feel that they're better off dead. Everything starts with a thought. If somebody commits suicide, that thought came somewhere from some, from a place, obviously, of destruction. Because it's about destroying themselves. So, counseling is all about challenging thinking. And you know, one of the things I always say to people, regardless of the trauma that somebody has been through, and I see people who have been through some horrible trauma, you never take that away. You, you can never take that away, but you can give them a different set of lenses through which to view it, right? And that's what counseling is about. Giving someone a different set of lenses so that they can actually view their past experience that may have been traumatic that can be used for good. Twenty years ago, I tried to kill myself. In fact, I cut my wrist so badly that I destroyed all of the nerves in the palm of my hands. And I've got the scars to prove it. Really, I cut. I was in Butler. In fact, I was so mentally ill, I was incapacitated. I used to be a trader. I used to trade futures and options and derivatives. And one day. I just lost it, just lost it. Life just blew up. I was living in, um, and if anybody knows Providence, but I used to live in a place called uh, the Regency Plaza and it was right behind the old police station. They've changed it now in Providence. But um, uh, I got arrested. Um, I, everyone was saying, what's wrong with Mr. Wilson? He's such a gentleman, he's a professional guy. I was running in my pajamas down uh, Waybosset Street when I got arrested. It was a mess. I was arrested. I was taken to Butler, 
And what the police have to actually do is they cannot, if you are mentally ill, they suspect that there's some kind of mental illness diagnosis, they can't just take you to the police station. So they have to take you to the mental hospital until you get stabilized. And then when you're to be released, the mental hospital informs the police and then they come and arrest you. So at all of these charges, it was an absolute mess. Got divorced because of it. Wasn't a, a Christian. I was in the world. Um, never would have thought, never would have thought that I would try to kill myself. Not, never would have thought. Um, and as I said, I was in Butler. I was on everything. I've been on Trilophon. I've been on uh, Depakote, Lithium, Haldol, Cogentin, you name it. Paxil, Zoloft. I was a walking pharmacy. Really, I was swallowing tablets like they were M&Ms. Um, <clears throat> and my cousin, when I was in Butler Hospital, I think for the 10th time, because I was back and forth, my cousin brought me a Bible. My first, I had a Bible when I was a kid, but it was just a Bible that we just used to put underneath the pillow. Kind of like a tooth fairy Bible. You know, and, 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 and I started reading this, this Bible, because I had nowhere to turn. I didn't know where this had actually come from, really. And I said, let me. So I started reading the Bible, really, out of desperation. And so I'm on all of this medication, all of this uh, uh, stuff. In fact, I'm on Depakote and lithium, which means that you have to go and get your liver checked because it can actually destroy your liver. And anyway, I ended up giving my life to the Lord. As um, I just said, I went to uh, uh, Bible college. I went to uh, seminary because my eyes were opened up to the truth. And I always, on a regular basis, I think back to that guy that tried to kill himself and it's just, I can't even believe it. It is a different person. I really know. I really, really know that scripture in terms of experience that anyone in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. New things have come. And I now direct people not to hurt themselves. I direct people with SI. I was once a patient in Butler. But the Lord brought me to a place where I ended up working at Butler. And they gave me a job because I gave them my testimony. We're hiring you. This is amazing. This was somebody who wasn't even a Christian. In fact, just recently, my son's 19. So this was before he was born. I told him about it. He said to me, Dad, you? You tried to commit suicide? Really? He said, I can hardly believe it. I said, you know why? Because my thinking has changed. My thinking has changed. I was that person that was self-destructive at one point. Now I'm a person who is all about being constructive. But your thinking has to change. I've used the right weapons now, son, against the erroneous beliefs. God brought me off all of that Depakote and lithium. The only time I ever heard the audible voice of God, I'll never, ever forget it. It was 
April 3rd of 2005, and I was walking in uh, Christ Living Cranston, and he said, come off the meds, and I came off them, and that was it. Never looked back. But it was the truth. It was getting the truth, getting thinking in line. I have people that come to me who are depressed, and I will tell them, it's okay for now to be on medication for now it's okay medication can be a bridge but once you get your mind now permeated with the truth of God's word God will bring you off really they're like medication are like training wheels you saw my son when he was a kid he used to have these training wheels until he could ride by himself that's all the meds do God never has anybody put their faith in meds they're just a bridge for a period of time. So I'm saying, wherever your life is now, wherever your mind is, wherever it's taking you to, wherever you are, you can change. Your life can be changed totally. I mean, reborn. You can go from wanting to commit suicide to wanting to live the best life. You can go from being depressed to being overjoyed. As I said, in counseling, I teach people to use the correct weapons. And I am so glad. You know what I say to people? The best, the best gift I've ever had after salvation was the experience I had going through the mental hospital. It was a gift. I also know that scripture, all things work together for good for those that love God, for those that are called according to his purpose. In fact, actually, I'm even going to say this now, whatever bad experience, whatever mistakes you actually have that with God, they'll be part of your resume. They are actually gifts. That's how God works. He turns these things around. At one time, I was actually going to get, I had a friend who was a plastic surgeon. He moved to, to uh, Georgia. I was going to get these scars removed. Because I was ashamed of it. I'm proud of these now. I am proud because they are symbols of what God has done in my life. And they are symbols that at one time weapons was used against me. I learned how to use the weapons for me. And God brought me out of this situation. Where now I'm not, I'm not, not only wanting to commit suicide. I'm not, I'm helping others that want to commit suicide. I've talked so many people are of committing suicide because of the truth I've seen I've given them my testimony I've shown them where they have an error and said yeah that makes sense Robert it's the power of the truth of God's word and that's the real winning when you're tearing down the old beliefs and you're building up new ones that is when you are winning and the past life the past experiences don't worry about the shame because God will make you shine through that God will make you useful through that. God will build you up. God will give you confidence through that. And I say to anybody, I don't care. It doesn't matter what your problem is. People come and see me. Oh, Robert, you don't know what my problem is. I say, it does. I, no, I don't. But it doesn't matter. It's a problem. It can be solved. And God can solve it. Really, it's just a change of thinking. We have to take every thought captive. We have to be sober and be vigilant and watch what goes into our mind. Our mind can break us, but our mind can make us. Praise God.
me pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord God. I praise your holy name. I thank you for the opportunity to share just the great things you've done in my life, Lord God, and in the lives of others. And I pray, Lord, that whoever is suffering here, Father, Lord God, that you would encourage them, Lord God, and you would show them your hope and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.